welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told through the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Here's your news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. I'm your host, Fred. That great theme music's by Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. And today we are pleased to bring you yet another imaginative and original piece of audio programming uh, onto the show. This one is from the Boston area from our friends at the Post Meridian Radio Players, uh, PMRP for short. Uh, PMRP is well known in the Boston area for their spectacular live shows. They've got a really amazing, I'll say, old time radio inspired live um, event. Uh, I saw, I say inspired instead of um, a straight up retelling or recreation because they really do something special when they um, put their hands on the classics and they also take the opportunity to show off their original writing talent. Um, I had an opportunity to see them at a first night a few years back and they were great. Uh, Looked like they have a lot of fun. Um, They've got a fully loaded sound effects table and actors in full regalia, quite a time. Uh, They do a ton of performances and uh, particularly around Halloween. And like I said, I did see them at first night. Um, I'm not sure if they're still doing that, but they are not going to be pigeonholed even by their live show uh, performances. They have more recently uh, been developing their own uh, produced studio production. And um, I will dare say it's a little unlike anything you've heard before. Um, This thing is called The Mask of Inanna. It's about a fictional old-time radio host by the name of Leonard Allen. After a brief foray into his early life, we meet him as an old man who is about to be involved in a very unusual situation. That is the setup for the pilot. Um, I'll just get right into this and let you see what you think. This is episode one of The Mask of a Nana. Enjoy. The Mask of a Nana. waiting in the bushes at this dangerous curve. 
Glass shatters as he hits the cruiser. Wheels spin in the mud as Abe is thrown about, but his car stops just in time as the police cruiser totters over the edge. Abe breathes and tries to compose himself as the police car topples and falls down, down into the ravine. The explosion illuminates the world below. I'm alive. I'm alive. It's over. But what of the policemen? Poor souls. I better hitch a ride to the hospital. Uh, at least my door opens without a hitch. Wait a minute. This side of the car is fine. Yeah, let me check. The, the side that hit... It's beaten in, but I've seen worse come into our body shop. Ha! Can you imagine that? That prototype must have been a clunker. The cars in our showroom are fine. And me... I'm fine. Oh, thank heavens. Thank heavens! Abe's luck stays with him. A passing driver stops for aid and takes him straight to the hospital. The orderly tells him he's fortunate to get away with only a few sprains. Abe's wife, Sarah, arrives to pick him up. Oh, Abe, from what they said on the phone, I thought you'd be in such a state. Don't make a fuss over me. I'm fit as a fiddle. Let me see. I've been so worried. I could hardly drive straight myself. I'm going to be okay, dear. I'm going to last to a hundred. You'll stay off the bottle from now on. Darling, the bottle had nothing to do with this. If you say so. Come on, the car's out front. The two of them stop by the police station to file a report. You'll probably want to charge me with manslaughter, officer. I freely admit the car was out of my control. But it's got to be worth a few years off my sentence if I cooperate. I don't think so, Mr. Evans. We keep a police car at that turn to encourage motorists to slow down. But there's never anyone inside it. What? That's wonderful news. Did it hit anyone? No, Mr. Evans. The car got caught in the trees below and never made it to the residences. That's fantastic! Fantastic! The next day, Abe does return to work a changed man. He goes straight to his boss's office. He's rarely had to use his silver tongue there, but today, he'll need it. Charlie, I don't know if you heard from the repair shop yet. Yes, I did. I'm sorry about the accident. Why don't you take today off? Steady your nerves. Look, have them check the Tercel Cooper tampering. The line was cut. It was filed down so it would snap when I hit the brakes hard. It wasn't my fault. I'm pressing charges as soon as we have the evidence. That won't be necessary. Why not? There won't be a police report. I've squared it away with the boys downtown. The papers will report it as a hit and run. Tomorrow, you'll be back on the show floor selling my cars. Really? You mean it? Yes. Oh, I'll be selling them, Charlie. You better believe it. The next couple that comes in with any trumped-up article, I'll tell them what really happens. Even a wet road and a side impact couldn't stop this car. Excellent. And I'll have the Tercel Coop back on the showroom floor by then. What? This isn't the first time they've had to repair it. But with you, hopefully it'll be the last. Ask yourself... How have your co-workers managed to sell my cars so well with a fraction of your experience? Well, I... I'll I'll just be going then. See you later, Abe. I'm not sure if I want to go to Margaret's today. Then again, I'll finally have her in my back pocket. (laughs) Maybe for a long time to come. Abe walks off to find his old car in his old parking spot. On the way to his girlfriend's apartment, he begins to calculate how much he can get for a trade-in on a new vehicle. Then again, his old car has come through for him when he's really needed it. 
He could buy a new one and keep the old one around for sentimental reasons. Back in the office, the boss Charlie sits and smiles at what he's done. He knows there is no better a salesman, no matter how slick he is, than one who truly believes in his product. All it takes is a personal demonstration and a snip to a brake line. So it ends, my friends, and the world grows a little darker. Who really cut the brakes in Abe's car? Wasn't it fortuitous that the empty police car was waiting in those bushes? Could it be, perhaps, that the report of his car's being unsafe was correct, and that Charlie gave Abe a rigged, safer car to encourage him to sell a bad product? I don't know about you, but after tonight's tale, I wouldn't be caught dead out... After Dark! After Dark, brought to you each week on this station by the makers of Winsley Wheat, features Leonard Allen, Isabel Huddleston, Matt Lerner, and Robert Stroud. After Dark is written by Matt Lerner and is produced and directed by Leonard Allen. Our special guest this week was Mr. Edward Winsley himself as the narrator. Tune in next week for another tale of mystery and fright right here on After And we're clear. Well, that was exciting. Thank you all for indulging me. And you've got a voice that would outpur a kitten. You come back any time, I mean it. (laughs) You want a job with me, too. I'm taken, but thanks. You're welcome. And don't worry. You keep with these scripts, Winsley Weed is going to love After Dark forever. Keep up the good work, everyone. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, Bye. Hell, Anana. Hey, Art, love the Foley. Whatever you put that ice in, save me some of it. Len, I had another call from Price. He loved last week's show. Great job, Len. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ah, uh, you're all a bunch of pussycats, you know that? Here, here. What would you say about me if I didn't have your checks? Ah! Save it for next week. I got them right here. All right. Who wants to go get sloppy at Johnny's? Let me see that. Len, you rounded down again, I see. That was Bob, not me. <laughs> Yeah, you're lucky you got anything this week. Let me see yours. Sure, you want the bill for the studio equipment, too? Yeah, you can give it to me. <laughs> Everybody, settle down. Rehearsal's Tuesday. Be on time. If I was on time, you wouldn't appreciate me so much. <laughs> we might appreciate you a little more. Uh, anyway, Matt. Where's Matt? Just left. Beating us to Johnny's. Remind him that I need those scripts tomorrow. You bet. I'm serious. I know. All right, get out of here. Good night. Night, Len. My kid sends her love. Hey, bring her by sometime. Hey, Len. Yeah, Bob? Can we talk for a bit? Sure. What can I do you for? Are you going to Johnny's later? It might be. We might as well get started now. Got a bottle right here. Oh, what's the occasion? We haven't had a chance to talk in a while. Hmm. This is the finest bourbon I could find. It's my favorite. And yours. Is there a toast to go with it? All right. To the stations that run your show. Your gorgeous Gwen, who keeps you steady. To our fine town, who knows the color of our skivvies. And to Isabel, Matt, and the rest, who have kept our noses to the grindstone. It's a good grindstone, though. See, we picked up two more stations this week. And we're seven away from a hundred episodes. That's a good man, isn't he? (laughs) He sure is. He's a lush, but he can read him as well as he can write him. I mean, he's holding us back. You and me. Are we talking about the same Matt here? 
He brings the scripts. He brings his voice. He doesn't run squat. We do. What if NBC came in today, right now, and made you an offer on the show? I'd tell them where they could go unless they took all of us. Matt, too. Every channel, they've got a mystery or a horror show, but none of them has Matt. Or Isabel. Or me, or you. Come on. I'm a hack. I'm as bad as Peter Lorre. Matt should be doing my part. Matt can do your voice when you're gone. Besides, look at that. That's how much we have left in the reserve. Thanks to you. You're a sweet talker. You get another drink. But you get my point. You and I could be doing a lot better. If you suddenly have a problem with Matt, you tell me. I'll make it right. That's why you hired me, isn't it? I'm leaving the company. I'm going west. Then how am I going to get the books done? I have the number of an excellent accountant. I don't want an excellent accountant near this money. I want you. Say lobby. No, this is your money. It's always had your fingerprints on it. Right. Because we've been doing this for the money. I know you're paying the electrician to keep the equipment running here. If you go, what am I supposed to do? Slip him a 10 out of the blue like it just occurred to me? Have another drink. Damn it, man! Why have you been stringing me on as long as you have? I can't keep on doing this in this little Pennsylvanian hicks town forever. Oh, you're just doing this to break my heart. And look, a $5 bottle of bourbon. Earned you the generous soul. Here's your hat. What's your hurry? You need to punch something? How about here on my big fat jaw? Go right on ahead. Bob, I'm getting drunk. I need to be sober to hit you proper. Uh, there we go, see? All is forgiven over spirits. I know when I'm beat. Why tonight? Why me? Why not in front of everyone? They'd kill me. They'd string me up six ways to Sunday. Please, what'd you ever do to them? Well, you've finished most of the bottles, so I guess I can tell you. Yes, please tell me why you're running off and leaving me with twice the work. I bet it's for a woman. I'm gonna go join up with the shepherd. When did you find religion? Or did you try out some religion and it won't go all the way with you? Something like that. Well, what's her name? There isn't a her. There isn't a him. There's big plans. And I'm going to try and be a part of them while you're stuck here in the thrall of the Wild Maiden. Getting played by Matt, Isabel, and everyone. You can't see beyond the end of your own nose. I'm gonna tell Gwen you called her that. She isn't the Wild Maiden. You're in the center of it all, and you never even guessed? What? They need your show. Nobody needs our show. Now you don't need it. I don't know what you need. I need to make it big. I've got a chance, and who knows when I'll get one again. What am I gonna tell the others? Tell them that I'm going to join the Shepherd. They'll have figured it out already. Besides that? Tell them that I'm a no-good son of a gun and that their kids will have to stand on their own two feet. You can't wait one more week. I won't say anything. You know I can't. Fine. You better write me. You know I will. You're not making sense at all. We've been doing this show since 52. Are you going to be here when I sober up so I can give you that smack? Give my love to Gwen, won't you? No, you tell her yourself. When you come back. Yeah, you should get going. I'll be waiting for you at Johnny's. I'll clean up. You go. Wait. Give me a check. 
Here, that ought to hold you. See you. Uh, check the presto on your way out. Make sure Art actually turned the thing off this time. Not my job anymore, Len. You take care of yourself and all your wild maiden buddies. You too. I don't know how I'll do this show without you. You won't. From Hollywood, USA, old Maggie Mopheads present Master Stroud's Grimoire of Horror. All the tales you fear the most. Hungry goblins, scary ghosts, broadcasting from coast to coast. Len, the scripts. I've checked everywhere. They're all gone, Len. We take you now live to my mansion, where the most fiendish villains roam the dusty halls. That son of a weasel. He stole them. Tonight, we continue a tale most foul. It's called, and by the brake light's red glare. We've still got the recordings. We can get them back on the air. How? Have you read these letters? All these new stations picking up Bob's show? There's too much money behind him. Give it some time. Have a little patience. We can find new stations. A new sponsor. No. That's it. I can't do this. Please. I'm sure Matt has copies of the scripts. You don't understand. You see this stack of letters? They're from the stations who won't renew our contract. They want to play his show. We're off the air. Good morning. It's Monday, July 7th, 2008. A reminder to all residents that the Foxwoods trip has only two spots left. Please sign up as soon as possible. Enjoy your breakfast. He was on his way home to his wife after spending the... Mr. Allen, you're up. Where did I fall this time? The bathroom floor. They put in a rubber mat for you. Let me check your pulse. Can you turn that off? Are you sure? A lot of folks are asking for it. One of the staff found the MP3s on an archive on this weird religious site. I appreciate... I appreciate the trouble the staff has gone through, but please, I don't like this show. It hurts, please. All right, I'm getting it now. Better? When are they playing Fibber McGee? Four o'clock, like every day. Thank you. I'd like to ask you something, if I may. Please pull your shirt down. Now breathe in. And out. What's on your mind? I would like very much to eat something that's not slapped together in the facility's kitchen. Mints. Real mints. A good toffee, not that Werther's crap. Mr. Allen, I just can't. Look, I'm not supposed to have anything I know. The, the state took everything I have. They sold it to pay for my care, but please... Mr. Allen, let go of my hand. I have a little cash. I've hid it away. It's enough for a few bags of chips or, or a Cadbury bar. And some more for you. I don't think I should be getting you anything. The last nurse on the day shift, she helped me. She went to that gas station across the street on her break. She got me things. They never found out. I'll have to ask your doctor. Can't say anything. If he found out, she'd be in trouble too. My last nurse. Please don't say anything. Okay, I won't. Thank you. You're a good woman. Just think about it. You can go home and eat whatever you want. 
You can breathe the air outside all evening. Smell this. Bleach everywhere. You'd prefer another cleanser? No. Forget it. Uh, pardon me. Uh, this is Mr. Allen's room, right? Uh, Mr. Allen? Can I help you? Uh, sorry. I'm David Lewis. I'm here to see him. Am I interrupting something? I don't know any Lewis. Sir, you'll have to check in at the front desk. I did. Uh, that's exactly what I did. And, and now I'm here. But I don't have to be if Mr. Allen is too tired. Mr. Allen doesn't have two cents to rub, Mr. Lewis. No 401ks, no trusts. You can't get blood from a turnip and you can't get any money out of me. Uh, Ma'am, I'm from the Harper Foundation. I spoke to the head of these facilities and she's given me permission to see Mr. Allen. Why wasn't I told about this? I don't know. That's an excellent question. How much do they tell you about facility politics here, ma'am? Hmm. All right. Visiting hours end at five. I shouldn't need more than a few minutes. Mr. Allen? Miss, I want this man out of my room. Press the button if you need me. I need you now, miss. Miss! Get him out of here! What do you want? Good afternoon, Mr. Allen. David Lewis. I'm from the Harper Foundation. You said that. Uh, we are a small nonprofit. Uh, we arrange alternative living conditions for the elderly. This is my card. Uh, where's that button? Darn thing's broken. Uh, let me give you another card. A woman named Gwen referred us to you. Gwen? She really spoke to you about me? She's not mad after I lost all her money in that store. She said to tell you that Florida's marvelous for her. I'll be. Sweet old Gwen. How'd she know I was here? The state auction. You had her listed as a beneficiary on some of your stocks. Right. I hope she's well. Mr. Allen, my foundation works to help people find dignity in their later years. We staff positions that can be filled by elderly people such as yourself... We also provide housing if it's needed. We take care of payroll, medical, all of it. We would... I would be very grateful if you would staff our newest opening. You're offering me a job. It wouldn't take more than a few hours of your day. I don't know if you've had a good look at me, but... You have to be the dumbest flim-flammer to come through that door. If you go in that bathroom, you'll see a rubber mat all over the floor. You know why it's there? Because I was reaching for a towel and my knees went down. I hit the floor and gave myself a damn concussion. I don't think you want me within a hundred miles of wherever you have in mind. I've placed people with all sorts of conditions. If you end up needing a mobile chair, I can supply one. My group has some fabulous backers. And frankly, sir, I'm coming to you because you've been a great influence on my life. What do you remember me from? Uh, the uh, After Dark series. After dark? That? I consulted for MGM longer than I did that show. Now, if you've heard my work with Mr. Wells before that, I might listen. I've heard everything you've recorded. Loved it all. I have a position that's just opened in my own hometown. You have lots of fans there. Terrific. You'd always have someone to check on you. Uh, every artist's dream. We want you to maintain a lighthouse. As in... Keep the light running? 
<laughs> no. No, it's decommissioned, but it gets a few visitors now and then, and the state keeps it as a historical site. Have a look at these pictures. Hmm. It is pretty. We need someone to pick trash, do repair work, and give tours. You'd have your own private quarters, of course. And you want an old guy with nothing better to do? No, Mr. Allen. We want you. I'll think about it. That's my card. That's my cell number. And that's my phone. I'll let you know. It's been a pleasure. Please, call me. Do you have Gwen's number? Not on me. I'm terribly sorry. I can call her and ask her if she wants it released. No, it's fine. Tell her I... Tell her I wish her well. I'll let her know. Good. Hey, uh, David. Yes? You know, they've started playing Stroud's gangrene of horror over the radio here. They have? Well, that's horrible. I'll tell them to knock it off. Good. My town dislikes them as much as you do. Probably more. Sounds like my kind of place. I'll think about it. Ow! Are you all right? Uh, uh, Spasm in my arm. Easy. Uh, I'll call the nurse. Uh, All right. Oh, wait, wait, wait. It's it's going away. It feels good now. Eh, Don't bother the staff. Cure's worse than the disease around here. You're sure? Yes. Get out. I'll call you. I hope we can arrange something. It would mean the world to us. Potato chip? I couldn't. Not after that lunch. Don't mind if I partake, then? I need the salt. Really, thank you for accepting. You won't regret it. Oh, pish. I was sick of staring at those walls. There's something about you that's familiar. What is I don't know. Forget it. I talked with the nurses the day I met you. They didn't believe you were in After Dark. I had to go online to show them. Oh, no. No. That was a long time ago. Do you listen to public radio? Yeah, when I can. They have that interview show, uh, Fresh Air, I think. Yeah, that's an institution. Terry Gross, she runs it. And this one show she has on this young actor by the name of Will Smith. Funny guy. I like his Men in Black movies. Those are good. They are. And at the time, he was starring in a movie about Muhammad Ali. You know Ali. That man took the world. This was a role that actors would kill for. The man was good. Smith was Ali. But do you know what Terry was asking him about? I can't say I heard it. She was asking about some rap album he made when he was a punk teenager. Parents don't understand something like that. On and on. Questions like, what did you mean by this? And there he is. The man played Muhammad Ali. And she's asking him why he did a rap album when he was a kid. So, that's how I feel when you ask me about After Dark. I was on the set of the Towering Inferno. I gave lines to Clint Eastwood once. And then it all dried up. The gigs stopped calling. I moved out here to save money. I helped a friend start a general store for a while. You want vicious, you talk to some of those snack vendors. 
And then that ate up everything Gwen and I had. How do you lose money on a general store? Be careful who you go into business with. Gwen left me over that. I'm very sorry to hear it. I still feel like I have things to do. It's like when you're lying in bed and you can't sleep, you want to walk, so you do. I'm walking. Actually, look out your window over the water. Where? That little thing? We're still a ways. It's actually a few miles across. How bad's the wind? Well, not bad. The island grew over some good pieces of basalt. It's high and it doesn't flood often. How about deer? Well, there's a few. They let in the hunters every year. Jesse can tell you all about that. Who's Jesse? A park ranger from the state. She'll check in on you. You'll like her. Do we need a ferry or a plane to get out there? I, I don't see a bridge. Uh, no, we'll drive. Huh. What do you do again? Oh, um... I'm a bookseller. I specialize in camp culture. Uh, collections, mostly. Camp? Uh, joke books. Mad magazines. Choose your own adventures. Tijuana Bibles, if I'm lucky. Every bookseller has a niche, and that's mine. I sell mostly to coffee houses and internet cafes. They pay well? Full-time money for part-time work. My wife and I are doing very well. Hmm. Uh, now that we're pals and all, I've been trying not to stare at this yellow ribbon in your window. I know. Do you have someone in the service? My daughter. Nicolette. I don't see her much. I'm sorry. Nothing to apologize for. We don't see eye to eye. Her unit's in a compound near Baghdad. Oh. Her tour's been extended. She'll probably miss the holidays with us again. She may be home in February. Her mother's better at keeping track of her. God bless her. I'm praying for her every day. She enlisted with her friends before they began deploying the troops. But that's what she wanted. You know, you love your kids, and... You just love them, no matter what. I've had enough good close friends in the service that every war is here in my heart. Iraq, though, it, it's all ghosts to me. I'm there, but I don't know anyone. I'd do anything to have her transferred. I'd do anything to protect her. It's all right. I never had kids. A few dogs, but they're gone now. You want me to put the radio on? <laughs> don't touch that thing. Bob's voice might come out of it. Yeah, we're almost there, anyhow. That's our turn coming up. We're going into that tunnel? We are. Do they always keep the lights off in here? I can't see past your beams. The town council likes to save money until there's a state inspection. So, how'd you get a tunnel? There was a naval base on the island during the Second World War. Long gone, of course, but we inherited the tunnel. Lovely. Uh, one other thing. The lighthouse isn't winterized yet. I know it's July, but I'm sending some contractors over to fix up the place. Fair enough. Yeah, wait a moment. Is something wrong? Why are we slowing down? Shh. Yeah. I need to concentrate. We're fine. What was that? Uh, th there's a speed bump that's hard to see without the light. We're over it now. Are they trying to kill someone? <laughs> Just scare visitors. 
Now, my dashboard says it's 85 degrees outside. The Weather Channel said it'll be sunny for the next few days. Welcome to Sea Robin Island. Sea Robin? I should take you fishing sometime. Nasty little nippers. All over the place. They're fish. With claws. This is the place. Welcome home. Oh, all the way up that hill. The lighthouse is original. Built in 1853. But the house under it burned down three times. The house as it stands is from 1933. And the insides haven't changed much since then. She's a beauty. I have your bags. And this way. Do I need a gate? It keeps most of the drunks out. Most... The only thing sure to keep out a drunk is his own home. If you want security, look down the coast. Razor wire and ten-foot fences. For that cell phone tower? The state needs money wherever they can get it. How much would I have to give them to take it down? Don't worry. We've reconfigured it to work for good instead of evil. Uh, grass could use a trim. On the back of the house, the gray-stained planks, that's the tool shed. It has a mower, bands, clippers. You feel up for it? No, I, I think I am. Good. You're walking well. That storm door under the landing there leads to the oil room. The lighthouse's entrance is around the front here, facing the ocean. Oh, my. Quite a sight, isn't it? That's the Atlantic. On the far side, that's the curvature of the Earth. You'll see oil tankers and fishing boats, mostly. I don't see a beach. It just goes down, and I wouldn't want to drop anything valuable on those rocks. Yeah, the beaches and the harbor are on the other side. Otherwise, it's basalt cliffs for the rest of the coast. A one-way trip into the water. Here are the lighthouse keys. Thank you, sir. Coming? Give me a minute. I never thought I'd live near the sea like this. This is living well. Is there a camera shop in town? I could get you an iPhone. <laughs> no, just get me a disposable camera. I want to send pictures to everyone I know. You can give some to Gwen, can't you? Not that Matt or Isabel, God rest their souls. I should send some to Stroud, too. Hey, you know where Stroud lives now? Yes. I never sent him anything, though. Hollywood tried to kill him off and couldn't. <laughs> Let's see if a few pictures will do it. The kitchen's on your right. That door's the closet, and that one's the cellar. Now, that's a stove. Holy moly, they don't make them out of wrought iron like this anymore. It's gas-powered, while the heat is oil, so it's not terribly efficient. There's soup in the larder and eggs and juice in the fridge. The town market delivers. There are the numbers. The phone is... working. Thank goodness. So, my room's on the second floor. Yep, and the top floor is the light, but it's a mess with birds up there. I'll bring your bags up. No, put them down. Put them down. I'm living here. I want to unpack myself. I could have one of the village ladies bring them up if you'd rather. David, you are a card. I'm very glad that I'm working for you and not vice versa. I was at the state auction where they sold off your belongings. I left you a surprise upstairs. You didn't. I bought part of your music collection. 
I couldn't get it all, I'm afraid. No, that's wonderful. Thank you. You give me a bill for that. I couldn't. Please. Just settle in. We'll talk repayment later. I'm sure we can reach an agreement, and we won't need to bring cash into it. Oh, no, I thought I'd close that door. Uh, those two little guys think they own the place. They're sweet. Whose are they? Hey, shoo! Shoo! They're strays, but they're inseparable. No one's managed to catch them. You won't have to feed them. They're fine. Look at the coat on the Siamese. And the tabby, he's obviously well-fed. As long as they don't sleep on me. Ow! My arms spasmed again. Never mind. It, it's gone away. Uh, if you're ready to settle in, I have some business at home. I'll give you a ring later. Uh, then, uh, greetings and salutations. Welcome to the community. I guarantee this will be the easiest and most relaxing job you've ever had. Take care. Move it, cat. Think I'll take a peek upstairs. Ah, my surprise. My records, my old reels, all my things. Hmm, only one box of the After Dark discs. Oh, look at that. A vintage Betty Page pinup book. To Dr. Krask. Oh, David, you've got yourself some taste. Quartz among granite, fresh among salt. What? Eye between teeth, lock between keys. David, are you back? Wood among frost, leaf upon river. Uh, hello? Len, 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 they'll say. And storm will rise. To blow you away. I'd run. Come and see. Where are you? Cat, what are you doing? Stop walking through the walls. You should be outside. See? 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 So pretty. Olive at the press. The stairs shouldn't be this long. Is this floor supposed to be here? Beyond the storm, the protector turns traitor through beastly lies. Diamonds crushed because they cannot run. Hello? Oh, there's a sloth in my kitchen. The sloth is not important. This one's the closet. This one's the sauna. This one's the garden. I'll have to trim all the lilies. David said the tools are in the shed. And this door, it's dark. No idea where it goes. The cellar? Oh, you want me to go to the cellar? You're a stout little fellow. Yes, you are. 
You're a, a Mr. Orson. That's who you are, aren't you? I'm going to call you Little Orson, Mr. Tabby. And if you're Mr. Orson, you'll be Mr. Obler, Mr. Siamese. Won't you? Won't you be Mr. Obler? Obler? Orson. Oh, 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 what time is it, Mr. Obler? This calendar doesn't have months, just days and moons. So many moons. Circle, 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 circle. Dark, dark, darker, darkest. This will be a special day, won't it, Mr. Orson? Bright ones, then dark. You dance with death. You name it even now. Isn't there supposed to be a cellar around here? Is that the dark door? You've already seen the way. Who's that? Oh, that's the front door, not the sauna or the lilies. Or the cellar door. I won't run. I'll face it. I can face anything. I don't have nightmares anymore because I always face the monster. This is no monster! First comes the storm. Then taunting, fickle, death! And then the goddess. But there will be nothing of you in her to face. When she is done, you will be a candle, its wick forever consuming itself, until you cease to be more than scream! Oh my god! Miss! I'm sorry, I'm sorry! Miss, get back here! Come here! Damn it, I can't stand up! Okay, what do you want me to do? Get me off the floor! Okay, put your arm over my shoulder, and... Get me to a chair. There's one in the kitchen. Okay. And down. That's better. Careful. The tabby's brushing up against you. Oh, little Orson. I thought you were a wild cat. You named them. Just now. Orson and Mr. Obler. Try not to name cats. They don't name themselves. Are you the one who's been feeding them? No. They won't take any food from me. I'm really sorry I startled you there. I come here a lot. No one's ever been here before when I'm here. And you are? I'm Sarah. But everyone calls me Scotty. Because I'm handy or something. Long story. Once upon a mattress. What? Oh, a girl named Fred. <laughs> Never mind. Sorry I panicked. Were you just talking to me about a candle? No. Somebody said that before you broke in. You did try to break in, didn't you? Yeah, that's how I normally get in. I didn't see a car. It's fine. Do you know if anybody else comes here? Not that I've seen. The cats, they don't talk, do they? I wish. Have you ever been to the cellar? No. I go up to the lights so I can watch the waves. Mr. Lewis has given me a job watching this place. Does he know you come here? Like I care. I come here all the time, ever since my dad moved here. 
Since I was like 12 or so. This is a home away from home for you. I guess. So, you aren't in college? This fall. I got into Holyoke. Oh, I can't wait. Congratulations. Thanks. I was about to check out the cellar. Are you interested? Uh, okay. How do you know Mr. Lewis? He's the pastor at church. He's weird, but so's everybody. He said this door leads to the cellar, and... He's made a liar out of me. How do you like that? None of them fit. Oh, let me call him. Hang on. You want to try? Wait, are those lock-picking tools? Yeah? Where did you get those? In my dad. Does he know you have them? No. He's with Tier 4. Come on. You have to know about Tier 4. No idea. The best private tech support ever? Expensive as hell. My dad's always been into deconstructing things, like lamps, my dolls, my iPod. He's kind of obsessive like that. So, this is payback. We're in. Thank you kindly. Uh, let me go in first. I'm going to have to clean it. I don't want you getting hurt. That doesn't look like the cellar. Nope. Is this the rec room? What are all these books? Hmm. Log books. See the dates on the spines. Yeah. <coughs> Dusty. They stop in the 60s. Is that a shortwave set? Right. And that's a maritime radio. And that's a reel-to-reel -reel tape deck. But see this. Look, there's no dust on the tape deck. Touch it. That's weird. Someone's been in here. Look, the set, the radio, and the books, they were abandoned here. But somebody brought this deck in. Don't ask me. There isn't anyone else to ask. Go on, look at it. That's a big microphone. Can I have it? No. I could have sworn he said this door was for the cellar. Isn't that the boiler room? You can get there from the stairs. It's not locked that well. I'm going to have to watch you, aren't I? Look, the boiler room's not as big as the house. There could be something behind the wall, but I've been wailing on it, and it sounds like dirt back there. Hey, what's this? What? Looks like a cross between a sewing machine and a phonograph. <gasps> oh, look at that! It's a presto! It's a friolator? No, it's a record printer. It's in amazing condition. Oh, plugged into the wall back there. Probably goes into those speakers. And, and it's not covered in dust either. This used to be state of the art. Every radio studio had one. A lot of the shows I did ended up on discs that came out of this thing. You want something to do? Go up to my bedroom and get all my boxes of records and tapes and bring them down here. Okay. One box at a time! Where do you want the first box? On the table's fine. What's after dark? Uh, wait a moment. I just have to turn on the presto. And swing the record arm out and the play arm in. And place the needle just right and start.
friends, guests, you've come a long way. Put your feet up by the fire. Have a bit of brandy. I'll show you to your rooms. If anything knocks before the sun rises, well, keep the doors locked just in case. You've arrived at the domain of Dr. Damien Krask, and you are not alone. Now, who's that? Who? On the disc. I don't know. Dean Martin? No, that's me. You? Yes. Come on. You've arrived in the lair of Dr. Damien Krask. I don't know about you, but after tonight's tale, I wouldn't be caught dead out after dark. Uh-huh. That's what you used to do? Well, it's the only time I was a feature on a program. Don't make that face at me. Audio wasn't so good back then like you have it now. We had to ham it up to get heard. Have you ever listened to AM? Once, for a history project. It's like acting through a sewer grate. And you wonder why radio shows had trouble switching to television? Radio makes you look the doggone fool. The studio I recorded these in had one microphone, and we all had to shout in it so everyone would hear our lines. <laughs> you laugh. If the listener missed a key word, forget it. They'd have no idea what we were talking about for the next half hour. Every word was gold. And I had to hunch over the mic because our announcer was a little guy and he wouldn't stand on a box. And when you talk on the radio, you're pretending like you have an egg in your throat and a baseball in your mouth. Your eyes are working your voice like your lungs are, so they're bulging out left and right. And whatever side of the mic you're on, that's your team. It was me and Matt against Bob and Isabel. We're looking at them, and we're not going to mess up first. And they're looking at us, they aren't going to mess up first. We're making faces and hand gestures. Maybe obscene ones if it's a bad night, but we're all professionals. That's why we sounded like we did. Can I hear some more of your show? Certainly not. Come on! You don't listen to a radio show in some stranger's house. Is there another house I'm supposed to listen to it in? This is a horror show. Do you watch horror movies in the afternoon with the windows open? Depends when they finish downloading. Scotty! You know what I mean. I have to listen to it at night with the lights out. On the couch, or on the floor, or in your bed. And you can't be alone. Now you're talking crazy. You must be with your family. Or your sweetheart. Uh, people you can look in the eye and think, No, he didn't do that just now, did he? Because the mystery is meant to grip all of you at once. And you have to listen to it on a radio as large as a human head. It's a storyteller and a member of your family. You can look away, but it's still there. The volume and frequency dials are its eyes. It should be higher than you, uh, on a shelf. It has to look down on okay. you. Okay. Voice of God. Got it. I'm not done. You have to sit in the right position when you hear it. As a young person, without a bow, I'm assuming. I can't see him anymore. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. You can ask Mr. Lewis about that sometime. Maybe I will. Anyhow, you need to lie on your chest. You hold your head up with your elbows, with your feet dangling behind you. Or you sit Indian style with your hands folded. Do I recite prayers from the Bhagavad Gita while I'm at it? No, stay silent until the show's over. This is like the Japanese tea ceremony. Exactly. So you're not going to play your show for me? I'll let you borrow the equipment some night. Is there anything we can hear? 
Oh, goodness, yes. I'll put on a record while you go get the next box. On it. <laughs> Voice of God. This is one of my favorites. I got a chance to see them play in Los Angeles. It's getting late. I really should go home. Huh? Get going. I'm glad I could meet you, Scotty. Thanks. You too. I'm wondering, do you have a job? Not really. Do you want to come by some afternoon, help me out with this place? I can't pay much, but it's under the table. Um, sure. I mean, I'd have to ask my dad, but... He knows Mr. Lewis, and Mr. Lewis knows you. Either way, I don't mind. The offer stands. Tax-free, minimum wage, plus a few bucks. Minimum plus five. Plus three. Deal. You drive a hard bargain. Thanks, Mr. Allen. Tell your dad I was Krask. Dr. Damien Krask. Mr. Lewis said your town had some fans in it. I'll mention it. That's good. That's really good. You have a good night. You too, Mr. Allen. I'll call you as soon as I know. Who is that? Mr. Allen, listen to my radio. Uh, how? Put these in your ears. Uh, they're tiny. This should be WBCN. See, I'm changing the channels. Your music is playing on every one. <laughs> Would you get a load of that? Do you know what's causing this? No idea. I can't think of anything that could cause that much interference. Unless it was feeding in a broadcast tower somehow. Come on, let's see how far it goes from the lighthouse. The signal's still clear. I mean, it has scratches and everything. Well, I believe you. <sighs> yes. <sighs> Mr. Lewis said he had reconfigured that tower for good instead of evil. He did what with the what? He said there were a lot of people who liked After Dark in this town. I bet he was going to tell me about this tomorrow. And that's why he bought all my recordings. Okay. I'll tell you what. Go home, have your supper. Tonight, at 8 o'clock, bring your family to your living room. That would be my dad. Uh, whatever. Uh, tell him it's a surprise. Then, turn on your radio. Uh, make sure it's up high. I'll put it on top of the home theater. Or a china hutch, if you have one. Which we don't. And remember to get in position. That may freak my dad out. We don't do much together. wonder why. Well, just do it this once and you won't have to do it again. What position should dad be in? If he used to listen to the radio, he'll know. You're sure? I am. Good night, Scotty. Night. Be safe. You're out awfully late tonight. It really isn't safe, you know. You should be at home, sitting by the fire. Having a drink and relaxing. Listening to your radio. That's good. You're running. Running for home. But it's too late. Too late to run for home now because you've been caught out.
present After Dark, Tales of Mystery and Fright. Weasley Wheat, what a treat. Get your boy or girl upbeat with special guest star Mr. Edward Winsley himself as the narrator. Good evening. I, Dr. Damien Krask, have returned to the airwaves to continue my public service to warn you of what lies beyond. You may want to take care before stepping out tonight to have a little garlic behind your ears. Wear that pretty cross that your mother gave you. Load a silver bullet in your gun. But before we let you back into my world, let's have a word from an old friend. Are you eating that sandwich while you're running? I can't miss the big game, mister. Coach is going to put me up to bat first. Well, I'm sure you'll do fine. Especially if that's your mother's homemade bread in that sandwich. You betcha, mister. She uses Winsley wheat. Ah, yes. That fresh-from-the-oven aroma. Made with Winsley's patented process that locks in that farmland flavor. And it gives a growing boy like you all the energy you'll need for the big game. There's so much pep and vigor in Winsley wheat, my own mother wishes she'd had it for her bread when I was a boy. Sure bet, Billy. It always is with... Weasley Wheat. What a treat. Get your boy or girl a beat. God, they didn't pay us enough to do that. Anyhow, tonight's episode is a favorite of mine. It was the last one to be broadcast, actually, so it's fitting that I use it to announce my triumphant return. It is a foul tale of deceit and mayhem that I'm calling... By the brake light's red glare. Abe Evans is a slick guy. He can sell water to a fish or a baby its own diapers. So he went on to car sales. That's where all the slick guys were going. With a little razzmatazz, he's selling well enough to keep himself and his wife in a good home. And he contributes to his town's prosperity as well. That is, until recently. Abe hasn't sold a car in over a year. Why, here he is now, stepping behind a young woman admiring the new Tercel Coupe. See anything you like? This here's a beauty. Last year's model, but drives as well as this year's, and hundreds off the price to boot. It is a lovely car, and the price, well, it is a good price. But my husband, see, he's worried. We read that article in the papers about that starlet who was killed in a Tercel coop. I believe your company had given it to her, and, well, I heard it was pretty banged up after the accident. Banged up in places that a normal car, a better-made car, wouldn't have been. No, I wouldn't put that much stock in those papers. The company sent her a prototype, but these models on the lot are all thoroughly tested and sound. You have my guarantee on that. I trust you, sir. My family's always bought your cars, but frankly, my husband's read the popular mechanics articles, and your cars just don't seem to hold up this year. I was hoping you could tell me otherwise. Well, uh, those articles are... Well, they're... Uh... Good day, ma'am. Good day. Abe is a remnant of the old days, when the man's word was as good as his bond. He can't handle today's educated consumer. He also can't wait for next year's popular mechanics reports to come out. Hopefully, they'll be better. Charlie, you gotta let me stay on another month. I can make a sale. I almost had that couple last week. They did buy from us, you know. Yes, but not from you. Can't carry dead weight, Abe. Please, Charlie. I kept you going in the 30s when no one would buy from you. You're a good salesman, but I don't think you know enough about the cars anymore. You can't even out-talk a piece of paper. Here. 
Take the Tercel Coupe on the showroom floor home. Get a good feel for it. You've been driving that old clunker for too long. Why, thank you, Charlie. You'll bring her back a changed man. Like when I was in the service, I never trusted a machine until it was in my hands in the field. Abe isn't too impressed by the Tercel Coupe, though. Sure, it turns swank and the seats are plush, but it's too low to the road. The springs are fresh, so he can't feel the car handling the ground. He isn't going home, though. With all the new apartments built recently, Abe got himself a sweet young thing on the side. His doting wife is as wonderful as a fine-aged wine, but the new girl, Margaret, is as fresh as a glass of squeezed oranges first thing in the morning. Surely a man is more satisfied when he can partake of both than being restricted to one or the other. He sees Margaret three nights a week, but when he tells his wife, he's helping Charlie with the bookkeeping. Hi, Margaret. Abe, I didn't hear you pull in. I wasn't in my usual car. I'm trying out that new tersal coupe for work. Let me see. Oh, Abe, it's gorgeous. You like it, huh? I can't move one of them, but the guys half my age can. Come on in. Let me get you a tonic. Thanks, sugar. Oh, I wish I could push those out the door like I used to. It's the company's fault. They gave a badly built prototype to a starlet, and I have to take up the blame. Mm. You make the best drinks. I like watching you mix drinks, sugar. You'll get another chance, sweetie. I had one just before you arrived, but... I'm going to make myself another. Oh, uh, there's one thing I wanted to ask you about. I need another couple hundred. Abe! It, it's just to cover a few more expenses. I'm dipping into my savings just as hard as you. Your wife knows you're not selling, right? She knows, sugar. She doesn't ask about the late nights I spend with Charlie anymore. I can't keep doing this for you. You'll get it back, sugar. I talked to my lawyer today. Switch the beneficiary of my life insurance from my wife to you. I have the papers here. You'll get your money no matter what happens to me. I'll think about it. Wait here. Let me slip into something more accessible. Abe's never been good at waiting. That's why he's a great salesman. He wants what he wants now, but he wants it fair. He finishes his drink, savoring without letting it linger. Margaret takes a little longer than usual behind her bedroom door. But when she comes out, Abe knows exactly why he comes over here. You're a swell girl, sugar. You're too kind. I'll try to get that money myself before then. Don't work too hard. I kind of like having you in my back pocket. It's late, and Abe starts his car to head home. His wife will be there, asleep. The remnants of a pot roast warm in the oven. He knows these roads well enough to drive with his eyes closed. The weather forecast called for rain this evening, but it's over now. The sky is still dark from clouds. As he drives up the hillside, he looks down at all the homes and streets which weren't there a few years back. My, how this little town has grown. Then, as he comes over the hill, he feels the back wheels begin to slip from the fresh rainfall. No! He hits the brakes again and again, pushing his weight against the pedal, but nothing happens. The car careens ahead. His brake lights flash from behind, warning anyone to his plight by their demonic red glare. And there, ahead of him, the road curves to the left, but at this speed, how can he take it? 
Below him, so many homes, and each one a target should his vehicle plummet over the edge, which comes closer, closer. And Abe, a man trained in selling this car, but who knows so little about it. How can he save himself, his wife, his mistress, and his job? Find out when we return with a stunning conclusion to my tale of terror by the brake light's red glare. The Mask of Inanna, Episode 1, Pilot, Pilot, Burning Bright, was written and directed by Alicia E. Gorenson for the post-Meridian radio players. The modern-day cast featured Andrew Lebrun as Leonard Allen, Nellie Farrington as Scotty Harper, and Doug Miller as David Lewis, with Michael McAfee as the intercom voice, Lori Brackett as the nurse, Jenny Gutbazal as the voice of the mouse, and Heidi Clark as the introducer. The 1950s and After Dark casts included Andrew Lebrun as Leonard Allen, Dr. Damian Krask and Abe Evans, James Scheffler as Bob Stroud and Charlie, Marley Norton as Isabel Huddleston and Margaret, and Mike Babish as Matt Lerner, with Neil Marsh as Edward Winsley and the narrator, Laurie Brackett as the customer, Sarah and Billy, Paul Dworkin as the police officer, and Emma Lathan and Lisa Sturgeon as the Winsley Wheat Singers. Studio recording and post-production for The Mask of Inanna was performed by Alicia E. Gorenson and Neil Marsh, with production assistance from Michael McAfee, Paul Dworkin, Emma Lathan, and Lisa Sturgeon. Original music was composed and rendered by Neil Marsh, and the After Dark theme was composed by Sir Arthur Sullivan. The jazz interstitial music was by Count Basie and Lil Armstrong, and is available in the public domain. The producer and series developer is Alicia E. Gorenson. The creator of The Mask of Inanna and executive producer for the post-Meridian Radio Players is Neil Marsh. For more information, please visit our website at www.maskofinana.com. This has been a Hub of the Universe production. I doubt you'll find a good vein on him, so you'll want to inject him at the top of his arm, near the shoulder. You won't wake him. His body will be adjusting to the doses I already gave him, but if he sleeps more than 36 hours, he might not wake up. Right. Under the skin, squeeze, cotton ball, withdraw. Can I leave the island if I do it? No. But I'm sure your brother will appreciate what you're doing when he finds out. Agreed? Fine. And that was The Mask of a Nana, the pilot episode by Post Meridian Radio Players. We will have the second episode and a chat with those folks coming up. On uh, the weeks ahead, and uh, speaking of good friends in the Boston area, I heard from producer Scott Hickey. Uh, Scott is the guy who put together that amazing production of God of the Razor, which continues to get rave reviews. He is working on a new effort, which I'm hoping you can help with. He is specifically working on putting together an encyclopedia of audio drama producers from the era of 1995 to 2005. Very specific uh, moment in audio drama history there, but he really wants to document the origins of modern internet radio drama and not necessarily all of the new players, but uh, the people who really helped uh, get this thing going in the era of real audio and the emergence of podcasting. Uh, Very cool effort if you are one of those people, one of those producers who uh, have helped make this all happen or know a bunch of who those people are. uh, Why don't you send Scott an email? He's at scotthickey at comcast.net. Scott, H-I-C-K-E-Y at comcast.net. Um, also, we'll be begging your help um, in the Blueberry Podcasting Awards. Blueberry is the service that we use um, to track 
how many people listen and where they listen to and all that stuff from Radio Drama Revival. Um, anyways, would really appreciate you nominating Radio Drama Revival for the best cultural and arts programming. Um, you can do that at radiodramarevival.com. There'll be a link to Blueberry's website there. There's also a sort of a listener's choice and best produced categories. And hey, you could uh, submit me for one of those. It'll be really fun to get a little bit more attention paid to our work here, uh, reviving the art of audio drama, you and I. Um, I I uh, assembling it and you listening to it. So um, that's my take. Hope you can help out. Uh, and with that, I will call it a pod. Remember that you can find it for 150 hours of audio programming up at radiodramarevival.com. You can learn all about the latest audio drama news by following us on Twitter. That's at Radiodrama. Or search Facebook for Radio Drama Revival. Or uh, iTunes, search for Radio Drama Revival. Uh, that wraps it up for this week. Radio Drama Revival is produced by yours truly, Fred Greenhall. Copyright of individual shows remains to their original producers, but do please share this show as far and widely as you like. Radio Drama Revival originates in on-air radio at WMPG-FM, Greater Portland, Maine's Community Radio. It is podcast at radiodramarevival.com as labor love. Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in and have a great week. <laughs>